Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and it is good to be back with all of you today. I have been on a family cruise uh, over Christmas, and I was not able to record. And once I got back, I got very sick and also, again, was not able to record. So it's been a while. A lot's been happening. Uh, This podcast tonight, we will have on my friend and Rebel fanatic, Kevin Paul. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Rebel basketball, well, a lot about Rebel basketball. We'll preview our conference schedule, go over kind of our expectations, uh, and see kind of how we feel about the Rebels after beating up on a couple of terrible D2 level, NIAI level opponents. Uh, I apologize if the audio is a little off today. Uh, We've had some technical issues here, so... Uh, anyway, without any further ado, let's run, Rebel fans. All right, Rebel fans, I am honored to be joined by my friend and Rebel fanatic Kevin Paul. It's been a little bit since we last talked. Not a ton has happened. Uh, I guess we haven't talked since before the St. Mary's game. Uh, actually, probably the Creighton game. But how have you been, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Some some good things happening with the Rebels. Some not so good things happening, although we are on a three-game winning streak with a very big asterisk next to that, but we'll take it. Yeah, when I was doing uh, some reading about, you know, the Rebels' non-conference slate and, you know, how they performed, I tried to find as much data as possible that excluded the last two games because they are just not indicative. I was at the Bethesda game, and that was the worst team I've ever seen. They were so bad. Not a single player on Bethesda was uh, above the height of like 6'4". And it was just, and they had a couple of guards that were okay, but I think those two, these last two games have not been indicative of the quality of this team by any stretch. However, you know, they did lose to Southern. So <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, Southern did have height on their team. though. I didn't think Southern was that bad, but obviously, you know, we made them look like world beaters. But anyway, yeah, a lot's been going on. Uh, the Rebels have, uh, they beat Hofstra, which was a good win. Uh, were you at that game? Yeah, you were at that game, weren't you? I was. That was first game I've able, uh, been able to go to this year. Probably the only game I'll be able to get to, but it was very fun to see. I thought they played great in the first half. Then, of course, they did that thing that seems like every Rebel team does is they come out terrible to start the second half, but then they blew it wide open again. It was it was great to watch. So I, I was very happy to be there and happy with the performance in the end because, I don't know, they, they turned it back on in the second half and ended up winning by almost 20 points. So I, I thought it was a great performance. Yeah, I, I couldn't really complain about that game at all. I thought it was an excellent, excellent showing for the guys, especially after that brutal St. Mary's loss. I would say that St. Mary's game um, – I was at the Creighton game when they won. I did a, a post a post press a post podcast after that game, and I basically had said, you know, win this St. Mary's game, you go into the non, you go into conference play eight and four, you know, the world's on your shoulders. But they lost that game in just about the dumbest way I've ever seen a team lose a game. It was so sad. But you know, we're not here to talk about spilled milk. I mean, we are a little bit, but. Um, yeah, how did you feel about the non-conference? If if I told you uh, best case scenario, worst case scenario, you know, middle of the road, uh, how did how did you think the team fared? I think it depends on 
am I judging it based off what I thought the team was going to be before the Southern game or after the Southern game? So, I mean, <laughs> before the Southern game, if we're, if we're going off of that, I mean, poor. I mean, no, no way around it. Um, yeah. Just dumb losses. But, I mean, every year, I mean, every team has dumb losses that they – you know they come with and by dumb losses i mean like games that are close that we had every opportunity to win it and just didn't like you know the loyola marymount game the saint mary's game i know this the score in the florida state game was close but it never felt close um no we weren't we, we couldn't stop them at all they were just getting to the rim at will uh if by judging after the southern game i think better than I thought was going to happen. Although that St. Mary's game, I really, like like you said, I really wish they would have won that because it would have been a great win streak that they'd be coming into conference play on. Um, but, you know, o- overall, I mean, seven and five, I mean, it's not the worst. And, and, you know, was it last year that they had a great non-conference slate and then, you know, they did terrible in conference. So maybe this is going to be the opposite this year. I mean, the Mountain yeah. West looks stacked, but I mean, it, it's great to hope. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think that the Loyola Marymount the the Loyola Marymount and St. Mary's losses were just ridiculous. Both of them, honestly, uh, St. Mary's is they're 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 kind of like the Miami Heat, you know. But say like the Miami Heat without their star player. So say like Jim Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo aren't playing. The Miami Heat are the best coach team in basketball, college, professional. I think personally, when I watch them play. And even if their players aren't any good, they're still finding ways to win. And that's kind of what the St. Mary, Mary's team that we played was not good at all. All their players were in foul trouble. But you could just tell that there was a coaching difference between uh, Randy Bennett, the coach at St. Mary's, and Kevin Kruger. And the Loyola Marymount game was just – it was so dumb. That team was not very good. And we were just letting one bench player light us up for like 30 points. I, I was at that game at the dollar loan center. I've never been as frustrated as I was leaving that game. I was, I was unbelievably angry leaving that game. So I think it's calling it a mixed bag. It's like a mixed bag. There's like two pieces of candy in it and a giant dog turd. That's kind of how I would describe it. Um, there's, there's a couple of good things. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a donut, you know, the, cause, cause the Creighton game was pretty great, but like, it is as mixed of a bag and not mixed, you know, in a me- mediocre way, mixed in a mixed bad and mixed good. I, uh, I think this team has potential, but the problem is I, I'm really worried about, uh, and let's get into the conference play here. I'm really worried about our conference schedule, and I don't think that it's doing us any favors. Uh, I'm not really seeing a, a lot of great opportunities for us to establish ourselves in, in the conference this year. Uh, so yeah, let, let's jump into a little bit of a conference preview. Um, I hope my uh, mixed bag metaphor was uh, not too extreme there. But uh, so we open up against our vaunted rivals, you know, our our back and forth rivalry against San Diego State. Uh, we, I did the math. We are winners of our of one of our last twenty three games against San Diego State. How do you like our chances on Saturday, Kevin? Uh, I don't, I mean, in all honesty, the the game, I I really hope that we have a good performance. I know I said this when we played Creighton before I was like, I just hope we keep it close. 
And then mm-hmm. we just had like the most amazing game that we'll probably ever play all, all season long. So maybe this is one of those cases, but like you're playing on national TV to open up, you know, the con- the conference slate. I mean, it's a brutal start to the conference schedule looking at it. So mm-hmm. I think they have to have a good showing to start it off. I, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to be able to win this one because we're going to go into a sold out Viejas against a good team. You know, San Diego State, they beat uh, Gonzaga on the road. They beat a tough Stanford team, which turned around and beat Arizona. Um, you know, they, they lost to BYU earlier in the season, which BYU has ended up being fantastic. They smoked Fresno State to start their non-conference play. So it's it's a really tough ask to go in there and, and play a great basketball game and expect to win. But I, I'm looking for, you know, good effort at least and, you know, something that we could, you know, come out feeling okay about. Yeah, I, I I don't, you know, Ken Palm gives us a 14% chance of winning the game. Uh, it projects a 77 to 65 uh, San Diego State victory. And I think that's probably about right. I think the game will be a, uh, between like 10 and 15 points in San Diego State's favor. They are missing, I can't remember if it's Jaden Lee. Uh, they're missing two of their, uh, one of their leading, two leading scorers who's uh, questionable with an ankle injury. So that's something to keep your eye on. Uh, and then they're missing a piece of depth as well, which is not as not as big of a as an injury. But uh, yeah, I just, with the way this team plays, especially defensively, and the way this team is coached, I don't really give us a great chance of upsetting San Diego State as much as I would love to break their streak. I know it will happen at some point. Uh, I don't know that it'll happen this year or next year or the year after that, but I think it will happen at some point. Uh, maybe, maybe when you and I are in retirement. Um, at least that's what it feels like. I'm being a little cynical, but yeah. So I would say th- this Saturday is just a you know tomorrow is just a day to kind of get ready, get settled into Mountain Conference, uh, Mountain West Conference play. I'm excited to see how DJ does against San Diego State's size. They've got some good size on the perimeter. So DJ is going to have, you know, six, four, six, five guards on him that are not going to be slow, <laughs> which is not something that any of the teams that we played so far this year really had. Um, so watching DJ is going to be big. And I just kind of want to know what lineup Kruger is going to run with uh, in, at, in San Diego. I did have this question for you. What do you think is the Rebels best five man group? I don't know if the statistics would speak to this, but if I were to build my preferred five-man lineup, and and I don't know if this is a lineup that I would keep for an extended amount of time on the court, but DJ running the point, um, he he should be on every, you know. He is, yeah. I mean, he's he's in every lineup for sure. I would put the Boone twins out there as well, um, just for their – you know, sheer ability. I mean, Caleb Boone has been great, you know, as far as big men. I mean, we don't have much to choose from as far as big men, but I think Caleb Boone has been. Yeah. I I think the Boone twins need to be out there. Caleb Boone is undeniably our best big man. Keelan Boone as well. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot and he covers up some of DJ's, you know, height disadvantages out there defensively. I would also put Luis Rodriguez out there. He has been our leading scorer. And when he's in a slashing mentality, 
I mean, he's hard to beat. He's very effective when he starts to move back to the three pointer. Um, that's when he starts to struggle. The fifth person I would put out there uh, would probably be um, Jackie Johnson, which is kind of surprising to me as well. But just his ability to get hot and have those you know moments out there where he can score, that's something that we desperately need. I, I, I know our defense has been uh, a little lackluster this year as well, and that maybe that's putting it in a nice way. But um, our offense is for sure our weak point. On, on this roster, you know, say, say what you want about the defense, but the offense is where we need help. So I would say DJ, Jackie Johnson, Keelan Boone, um, Luis Rodriguez, Caleb Boone. Yeah. I think that the Jackie Johnson spot is the only spot where I'm going to, you know, qualm a little bit. Um, I, I, do you think that a, a backcourt of Jackie Johnson and DJ Thomas, I, I think, I don't know if either of them are above six feet tall. And I just have a hard time believing the Mountain West teams who have good perimeter size won't just abuse the heck out of that lineup. Like Jackie Johnson better be on fire. His offense better be on if, if that lineup wants to have any chance of competing in a game. And so I, sure. I think for that, I think for that reason, apparently Jalen Hill is going to be available. Um, and I would probably slot Jalen Hill into the starting group. Uh, but knowing Kevin Kruger as I do, um, not that I know him personally, but, you know, I, I do feel as if, you know, I kind of i am getting his tendencies a little bit. He's not going to start Jalen Hill because Jalen Hill is coming off of that hand injury. He's not going to start Jackie Johnson because I think when you watch his body language, I don't know if he likes Jackie Johnson very much. <laughs> um, I think – you know who he loves though is is Mr. O for five against Bethesda, Justin Webster. <laughs> oh man. Good go I on, actually, Mr. Webster. I actually like and to be fair, like I actually like Justin Webster. Sometimes it's a bit of a joke that we pile on him. I, I think he's a fine player, senior leadership. He he tries, he competes. Um but something about him just seems off on the court often. Um so I would say that Kruger will start Webster instead of instead of Hill or Jackie Johnson. Um, again, I don't think Webster is that much bigger, you know, than Jackie Johnson or DJ. So I don't know that it's going to make that big of a difference. But technically, Webster, who is listed at six three, and there is no way in heck he is above six one, uh, I think will probably end up in that starting spot. But you know, there's debate about it. I don't, do you think Kruger even has any clue what his best five players are? It's easy for us to sit up, you know, when we're watching the game on TV or if we're at the TNM thinking like, this isn't it. And why can't you see that? But then again, we're not in the huddle. And, and I understand like Kruger's desire to keep Justin Webster out there, even when he struggles um, with, with, with his shooting. I mean, he's shooting 29% from three point this year. And, and it feels like it's way worse than that. Um, yeah. but there is like a, a leadership aspect for Webster out there and kind of more of a calming presence for, for as much as Jackie Johnson does, um, contribute out there. I feel like every time he gets the ball, I'm just, I'm like nervous that yeah. it's just going to be a turnover, you know, kinda it like just kind of has that or something, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like Justin Webster kind of like 
moves between like the, oh, I, I've been around a while. I have this leader. I'm, I'm a senior. I have this leadership. And then other times he's just kind of like, why did I ever transfer here? What am I doing here? It, like almost like he gives up <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. I, I think I've struggled because like you, you look at Jalen Hill, for example, like his stats and it seems like he brings a lot to the table, but why does it feel like the Rebels have played worse when he's had significant minutes? Do you know what I mean? Well, actually, the the data kind of backs that up. Hill has a minus point differential on the season. Uh, he's like minus three. Um, and that just means that he's been three. The Rebels have been three points worse than their opponents uh, when Hill's been on the court. I don't blame him entirely for that because he played he, – he, he went out before the Loyola Marymount game, and he was in the game when everybody was playing bad against Florida State and Richmond and Southern. So I, I don't know that that's really fair for him. But it almost feels like Kruger and Jalen Hill don't really know what his role is. Like, is he a point guard? Is he a ball handler? Now that he's been out, I, I don't think that there's going to be any getting the ball away from, from uh, DJ. And so is he going to be okay in an off-ball role? Uh, there's just a lot of questions. And Viejas Arena is a brutal place to try and go and answer questions. It's like going to calculus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, not for the, it's, it's not for the weak of heart. And neither are the Rebels' next four games after uh, the probable loss at San Diego State. Uh, after they play the, the Aztecs, they're going to play New Mexico at home, Utah State at home, and then Boise State on the road. Um, so through five games, like what do you see the Rebels' record being? After San Diego State, um, I, so I would say 0-1. New Mexico, mm -hmm. they're, they look fantastic this year. But why does it always seem like we kind of always have New Mexico's number recently? I, I feel like that's a game that we could definitely win. Um, for whatever reason, we always play really well against New Mexico. So I can see us stealing that game. Utah State, we all thought that they were going to be on a huge rebuild this year, but they've turned out to be fantastic as well. But I don't know. I, I could see us beating Utah State as well. I'd say two and one. Boise State, we never beat Boise State. Two and two. Don't forget and after Colorado Boise State. State, Colorado State. So... Two and three, although same with, you know, uh, New Mexico. It seems like we a lot of times do well against Colorado State when Colorado State seems to be having a promising year. It seems whenever Colorado State is having a down year, that's when we struggle against them. Yeah, they're kind of like, I kind of feel like they're like Fresno State. Like <laughs> Fresno State is just, you know, it doesn't matter how bad they are. They could be the, the it's worst an automatic team loss. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could be, we could be at home nationally ranked, you know, three NBA players. And you I think know, we have no, we have, yeah. Anthony Bennett, <laughs> Anthony Bennett year, we were nationally ranked and a tournament team and Fresno state destroyed us at the Thomas and Mac after we had killed them in Fresno too. It was wild. So two and three, is that, is that kind of what you're feeling? I'd say two and three. Um, I'm being optimistic because two of those teams, I, I think both New Mexico and Utah State, they're either one or two lost teams. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I feel like this could be a good turnaround for us. It seems like we're starting to get healthy 
and some of our players, like I know like Jalen Hill, he's going to be coming right back in, but like players like uh, Shane Knoll, he was able to get a lot of good time uh, in those two kind of exhibition games, getting his like rhythm back or players like Brooklyn Hicks or Rob Whaley, they were able to get extended minutes, which I think will be really valuable coming into conference because uh, players like Rob Whaley, it seems to me like there's a lot of talent there and they just need to be uh, in, in a good situation in the game. And, and uh, they surprised me. I, I think Brooklyn Hicks could be uh, pretty solid. I think Rob Whaley could be really solid. It just depends on the night. Yeah, I I actually really, really, really like Brooklyn Hicks. You know, that was three reallys. Um, I I feel bad for him because the game just seems like it hasn't. It, it's it's too fast. Uh, he, he on the fast break, he's making plays six you know six seconds ahead of time. He's throwing balls out of bounds. He's missed like six dunks this year, like pretty wide open dunks. Um, and I kind of just wish he could take a chill pill because I I think he has really high potential. Whereas Ray Whaley, I, I don't know what to think of him yet. I, I, I've watched him play. I think he's he's been, in point differential-wise, often one of our worst players, especially the first seven or eight games. But I guess we'll just find out. Um, in terms of my view of how they're going to do, uh, I realistically can't see any better than one and four. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, I, I do have a side of me that is pulling for optimism. Hoping that we, uh, you know, can I? Because I think two and three is is basically our best case scenario. If we can sweep those home games or steal one on the road, uh, either at Boise or at Colorado State. Again, Boise, we have beaten. I, I, our record against them is like two in our last twenty-two, as opposed to San, we're actually much better against them than San Diego State. You know, where we've only won once at the last twenty-two <laughs> times. Um, but I would say that the San Diego State and Boise State games are automatic losses. The New Mexico game, I give us a pretty equal chance of beating either New Mexico or Utah State. I, I think we could beat either of those teams. Um, I've watched a lot of New Mexico this year. They're kind of up and down. I don't love uh, their guy, Jamal Mashburn. If I was Kevin Kruger, I would say, hey, let's let that guy shoot as much as possible because he is inefficient as all heck. Um, and then Colorado State, I think that um, Isaiah Stevens's half court heave to beat us last year in the Thomas and Mac has still left kind of a nasty taste in our mouth. Um, so yeah, I, I hope we're two and three. I predict one and four. Uh, what happens if we're zero and five? Do you think that there's any momentum for an in season coaching change, or is no matter what we're just waiting till the end of the year? Basically, no matter what uh, our record is, I can't see Kruger being let go. Um halfway through the year, halfway through the conference year. I disagree entirely with what happened to Dave Rice, you know, years ago. But at the same time, I, I think there was a lot more pressure on the team to perform. And so you see things like that happen in sports all the time when, you know, a team should be doing a lot better than they are. And then there's a coaching change halfway through. But we're this just isn't the same rebel team, you know, as years ago. I don't think that'll happen. I, I'm really worried that, you know, we go through these five games, you know, you go 0 and 5, and then you're kind of sit, sitting there licking, you know, your wounds and 
then you have to play what is supposed to be kind of a break, you know, Air Force, San Jose, Fresno, Wyoming. But then, you know, maybe just that poor momentum going in could do a lot of damage. And then we'd be, you know, looking even worse after that kind of, I, I wouldn't say break because there's no break in conference and, you know, the Mountain West is tough, but what should on paper be some of our easier games. Yeah. I think if they go 0 and 5, we could be en route to a uh, bottom, bottom, you know, last or second to last in the conference kind of uh, season. I, I hope we don't finish below Fresno State and Air Force. I mean, good grief, that would suck. Um, but I, uh, I think that we have to win one or two of these. I, I, I honest, honestly, I think we have to win two of them. I think your scenario of winning the home games and losing the road games in order to really have any momentum at all in the conference, I think that's going to be a must-do. And so, yeah, and I, as far as Coach Kruger being let go midseason, I, after the Creighton win, uh, I don't see any scenario, even if they literally lose every single game for the rest of the year, I don't see any scenario where he gets fired mid-year. There's just no reason to do it. If you're going to fire him, just wait till the end of the season. The Krugers have a lot of good blood, you know, good loyalty in the Valley. And that win over Creighton was, I, I also feel like the Rebels give me at least one happy moment per year. Um, <laughs> at least <Yeah>. one. <laughs> and, and the win over Creighton was definitely worthy of being that one happy moment. So it, that built enough goodwill for me to say, no, no matter, pretty much no matter what happens, let this guy finish out the year. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Do you think that's fair? I, I agree with that. Here, here's a question for you. Um, sure. It Just like, you know, the Mountain West every year, even when, you know, we had really good Rebel teams, we're always bound to drop at least one conference game. Maybe two is more like it. Um, that we really shouldn't drop. In your opinion, what are those two games in the conference schedule this year? So two losses that we should have that we're not going to have. All right. So we'll do this. I'll answer the two losses. And then I feel like we always win two games that we shouldn't win. So I'm going to ask you what's the two wins that we're going to have that we shouldn't Sure. Have. Uh, so I'll do the losses because I'm uh, pessimistic as I'll, as I'll get out. Um, I don't know if it's entirely fair because I'm tempted to pick, you know, like San Jose state on the road, but I don't know if that really counts. I feel like it has to be home games that we're going to lose. Um, so I'm going to say maybe this is a bit of a cop out, but I'm going to say we lose to Reno at home. Um, we haven't lost to Reno at home in, in what, four years. So it's, it's not like we don't expect to beat Reno when we play them at home. Uh, so I'll play. I'll say we're going to lose to Reno at home, and then I'm going to say I'm going to say we're going to lose to Air Force at home. Oh. Uh, two home losses. I think after that brutal five game stretch, even if we're two and three, you know, say best case scenario, we win our home games against Utah State and New Mexico. Uh, we generally do pretty well against Air Force, but I think coming off of that rough stretch, um, I've had my eye on that Air Force game for a while. And I'm worried that we're going to be kind of beaten, beaten up and bruised, especially after what could be a slaughter against Boise State and Colorado State on the road with some really bad momentum. So those are my two picks. I, the Reno game is a bit of a cop-out, but I, I don't know. I've watched Fresno State this year. And if we lose to Fresno State this year, I'm going to have an aneurysm because they are so bad. <laughs> and so 
I, I, I might I might pop a blood vessel in my brain if we lose to Fresno State this year. Which, you know, seeing as I said that, we totally will. But those are my two picks. So what about you? The two games you think that – actually, first, what, what do you think about those two games? Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think so. Uh, it, I don't know what it is about Air Force. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and Nevada I could see as well. I think we've gotten back to a pretty good spot against uh, against Reno where um, we're winning these games because we should. And, you know, eventually we're going to drop one. It could be this year. Yeah, and like we very could well beat them on the road or beat whoever on the road. Um, but I just kind of have a feeling that Kevin Krieger is finally going to lose his first game. The one, the one positive, like truly positive thing you can say about his resume is he has never lost to that dirty, rotten school up north. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah. So, what are a couple of surprise wins you could see coming down the pipe? I talked about how it seems like we randomly do well against solid New Mexico teams. I'd say the game at the pit again, is one that we could win. Um, that's on, I think it's February 10th. I yep, can see us Saturday. winning that one. I could also see us winning, I'm going to say, at home against Colorado State. That's a good pick, yeah. I could see that happening. I think after we play at Air Force and possibly win like 45 to 40, because that's you know the classic Air Force score when we play them. Um, we'll have a good performance against Colorado State. That's what that, those are my picks at, at New Mexico and at home against Colorado. I think those are just about right, honestly. I think that's I think that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, right now, Ken Palm has us going um, nine and nine in conference play. Uh, how do you see uh, to, to finish? Just for frame of reference, to finish top. Uh, three or four in the league. I think those teams will be probably t- anywhere from 13 and five. They could be 14 and four. I don't, I don't know. I think this conference is pretty tough. And so where do you kind of see UNLV's uh, record falling? I'd be happy if we were to make it to nine and nine. Um, I, I, I know that's a very big fall from what our expectations are, but just seeing kind of how this team is this year, I, I don't know if we can expect much more. And and I don't think it's because we're that bad. I'm tempted to feel that way, but it's because the rest of the conference is that good. Although it could be like, you know, we had a great looking record going into conference last year and, you know, we, we know how that turned out. So maybe some of these schools uh, will be pretenders, those that, you know, look a little bit more solid. Like I know, you know New Mexico, they already dropped their conference opener. So who knows? Uh, but I, I think we should be shooting for around 500 in conference. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And, you know, UNLV played the second hardest uh, out of conference, non-conference schedule, uh, only behind San Diego State. You know, San Diego State went on the road to BYU, ranked BYU, and went on the road to rank Gonzaga. Uh, so they're the only team that's really played a harder non-conference than us. Uh, New Mexico, Utah State. Those teams have not played tough comp, uh, out of conference schedules. Boise State, on the other hand, has. Uh, Boise State, us, and San Diego State have played relatively difficult schedules, um, but the other schools really haven't. So I, I think that you know nine and nine probably is the most realistic, uh, is is probably the most realistic 
conference schedule. I think it'll look really bad to start and we'll kind of rebound. Um, and we'll ultimately end up going 500. We'll probably play Air Force in the first round of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, beat them in triple overtime, and then get blown out by Boise State, New Mexico. <laughs> because we have the, the only team that we have beaten in the Mountain West Tournament since 2015 is Air Force. So I'm going to predict that just because it's, it seems like it's happened a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think nine and nine is fair. Best case scenario is probably you're probably looking at you know eleven and seven. Worst case scenario, six wins probably. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't uh, do any worse than five hundred. But yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, any other last thoughts to throw on before we close this thing up? Let's just pray that we match up against uh, Air Force come come conference tournament time. We could get out of that first round, but. I think this is going to be an exciting conference uh, year, um, you know, not just for the Rebels, the whole conference. I mean, there's a lot to be proud about. Um, good competition. I, I really hope that we can put together, you know, a few solid wins. And, and I really, I really hope that we do better than nine to nine. Um, you know, all, all the Rebel fans were just, you know, we're just wanting, you know, a great rebel team again, so bad. And it feels like it's just been forever, you know, and, um, you know, hopefully we get out of this soon. Yeah. I would say if we could beat Boise state or San Diego state, my hopes and dreams would just come true. And I, you know, I feel like I'd, I'd be happy if, if I, for Christmas, that's all I asked for. All I wanted was a win against Boise state or, or San Diego state. Um, Cause I hate those two schools. Actually, I like Boise State's football team a little bit, but uh, I'm hoping that we can be competitive. This should be a fun. This should be a fun time. The Rebels win. I'm sure I'll have you on again very soon. If they lose, it'll be on soon, but probably not quite as soon because you know we'll we'll be a little sad. But I want to thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, Appreciate thanks for having time. me again. All right, talk to you soon. All right, Rebel fans. I want to thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, I want to thank my friend Kevin for jumping on with me. This should be a fun non-conference schedule. Uh, sorry, this should be a fun conference schedule. I'm looking forward to seeing how the guys perform this year. Apologize for the absence again, you know, sickness and a family cruise over Christmas, but uh, it's good to be back and I will be covering the team uh, and I will cover some football. I'm kind of waiting for the transfer portal to calm down a bit, so expect to see some of that from me. Thanks for listening and let's run.